It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Hope you had a great week. We wrap up the ultimate NFC East crossover on this edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast as I'm once again joined in just a couple of moments by my colleagues who cover the other NFC East teams, Patricia Trena of Locked on Giants, Marcus Mosher of Locked on Cowboys, and Louis DiBiase of Locked on Eagles. What we're going to do today is kind of go big picture at the NFC least. If you want to still call it that, maybe it won't be this year. With three new head coaches, we're going to talk big picture items and big picture uh, issues affecting the division after going through extensive previews, pre-free agency, pre-draft over the last four episodes. We started on Monday with the Philadelphia Eagles and a focus on them, then moved on to the Cowboys, then the Giants. On the last episode, it was the Redskins, all while sprinkling in whatever up-to-date news that we have. And there's been a bunch of it from a Redskins perspective in a short first segment, a much shorter first segment than we normally do. So uh, in this first segment, what we're going to do is get to a couple of rumors, right? Uh, First of all, we believe Quentin Dunbar met with Ron Rivera today, although uh, as of Thursday evening, as I'm recording this, uh, I have not received any sort of update, nor was I expecting one, but just putting that out there. Number two, Apparently, the Lions reportedly, supposedly, maybe, are shopping Matthew Stafford. That doesn't necessarily affect the Washington Redskins, with the exception of the Lions are number three behind the Redskins. So are the Lions trying to, through somebody, sell the idea that they could be shopping Stafford, see what kind of offers or interest they get, number one. Number two perhaps be putting themselves in a position where people might think, might think that they're getting a quarterback at number three, i.e. Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert. Uh, Remember Matt Patricia and the Lions staff were down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. They they dealt with uh, Herbert and Jordan Love. They both had good weeks. Um, Are they trying to sell the notion that maybe they take quarterback at number three so that a quarterback-hungry team, i.e., the Dolphins, the Chargers, um, you know, maybe other teams that I don't think the Jaguars, maybe the Raiders, who have two first round picks, try and move up to number three instead of number two with the Washington Redskins. So that's how it could have an effect uh, on the Redskins. It could, could kind of, I guess, cut off almost uh, the Redskins. But again, I don't see that happening right now unless a team is so content to move up to number three that they're happy enough to take either the quarterback that they want or a defensive player or CUDA or somebody like that that they want you know that's that I mean that's how I 
I guess I could see it happening earlier, but I probably don't see something like that happening until you're actually on the clock when a team can guarantee, hey, we can get this guy. But you can talk before that. You can work out on the arrangements of a trade before that. You can do all that. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to get to real quickly is, uh, and honestly, I can't remember if we've talked about this uh, at all, but there's not rumors, but Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News, put out a column saying that he believes Philip Rivers would be a good fit with the Washington Redskins. And I did some thinking initially. I dismissed it and kind of laughed it off, largely because of the salary cap uh, and the money it would take. And that is still the reason why I would give it a 1% chance, maybe a 2% chance. Uh, I talked to somebody, uh, a league insider, you know, that basically said conversation starts and ends with the salary cap. There's no way. There's no way. And Philip Rivers is going to want 20-ish probably more million dollars per year, maybe on a just a one-year deal, which means it's all against your cap in that particular year, i.e. this year. And you already have $21.5 million for Alex Smith and uh, $3 million or so for Dwayne Haskins. So it's just, it's not real feasible. But I thought I would throw it out there because Vinny wasn't reporting it. He was trying to connect the dots based on Ron Rivera was the defensive coordinator with the San Diego Chargers. Based on North Turner was the head coach, Scott Turner's dad. Um, and the bottom line is this. A.J. Smith was the Charger general manager. His son, Kyle Smith, is the Redskins' de facto general manager, vice president of player personnel. He's really the GM. He'll be the GM. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I believe that. So just throwing that out there as a possibility. The other thing, and this is kind of wild, and I, I you know, just don't know what to make of all these rumors, right? But pass it along, and you guys do whatever you want with it. Dan Cilio, who had kind of a crazy rumor about, no, not a crazy rumor. Uh, he, he reported that the Dolphins were trying to trade up with the Redskins and number two from number five and all that. Uh, last week, we wrote about that at RedskinsReport.com. Um and I'm sure we've talked about it here, Dan Cilio on Thursday night, former uh, University of Miami Hurricane, longtime radio guy, he's bounced around to 4,000 different jobs. Can't hold one. He gets plenty, can't hold one. Um, he is reporting that the Bears are perhaps interested in dealing Khalil Mack to the Redskins for the number two overall pick. So the Redskins would have to trade the number two overall pick and inherit Khalil Mack's contract. It doesn't make much sense to me, quite honestly, but as always, I try and look at it from both sides and say, well, Jack Del Rio was with Khalil Mack in Oakland. Jack Del Rio drafted Khalil Mack Number four overall. Just saying. Is it a possibility? I guess. Likely? Probably not. Can I rule it out completely? No, I can't. It makes some, some sense if you connect some of the dots, right? But the bottom line is this. I just don't see how the Redskins could afford the contract and the number two overall pick. No matter how much you love Khalil Mack. And who doesn't, right? Who doesn't? Who wouldn't want a polished stud like that? 
But if Chase Young can get you 75, 80% of the value and the performance of Khalil Mack at a much, 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 much cheaper price, then you probably have to settle on that. That's probably best for your football team. All right, coming up next, we finish up the ultimate NFC East crossover with a four-way conversation about the future of the NFC East. That's next, right here, LOR. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days that you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, fellas. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. They're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from a little more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we welcome you to this Friday edition of the On the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Russell from Locked On Redskins as we wrap up and continue our ultimate NFC East crossover series. This has been a fun week full of chock full of information about the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, and of course the Washington Redskins. And we wrap it up as we're rejoined by my colleagues, co-hosts, and pals. Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, and Patricia Trana of Locked On Giants. Uh, and, guys, we welcome you back, one and all. And as we wrap this thing up, we wanted to kind of finish by looking big picture uh, at the NFC East, NFC least, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I'll start with Patricia, and then we'll make our way around the horn here. Uh, as we kind of look forward to this 2020 season, and granted, we, we don't have free agency and we don't have the draft just yet, so – Of course, a lot of this is going to change. But, Patricia, if I ask you right now, who is in the best position in your mind to win the NFC East Divisional title, it would be who and why? Oh, gosh, I'm going to get slammed for this, but I'm going to say the Eagles. Yeah, I know. I'm going to, I, I should turn in my, my membership card here. <laughs> but I'm going to say the Eagles because of the stability of the coaching. Um, they're a little bit more proven. They have a, the older or the oldest quarterback in terms of, you know, 
uh, of the experience and whatnot. They still have some holes. I mean, the secondary needs to be upgraded, obviously. You know, they could probably use another receiver um, and, and some help on, on the back end of their defense. But uh, I just think overall, because there's been so much change at the coaching level, you got three new coaching staffs, you know, at the Giants, at, at Washington, at Dallas. So I, I got to go with the Eagles until, you know, further notice. Yeah, and I agree. And I think it, though, at the same time, it will be a fight down the stretch with the Dallas Cowboys, as long as, you know, it's the same core where Dak Prescott's back, maybe Amari Cooper and or Byron Jones with Mike McCarthy. I think the Eagles and Cowboys will still be fighting at the end of this thing. And don't get me wrong, I think the Giants will be more competitive as well. But I think it's still the Eagles and Cowboys division to fight over. And I really like, obviously, I host Locked on Eagles, so I'm a little bit biased. But when you just look at all the adversity this team has overcome over the last three years to make the playoffs three years straight, and now you have seven draft picks likely in the first four rounds to get some youth infused into this roster with the stability of general manager, head coach, quarterback, probably the most three important parts of an organization. I, I think they have the slight upper hand over Dallas. Am I allowed to stick up for my team a little bit? I, I think the Cowboys have a great chance of, of winning this division <laughs> next year because, listen, one of the things that we know in today's NFL is that defensive uh, production is not necessarily sustainable. What is sustainable right. is what you can do on offense. The Cowboys were one of the league's best offenses this year, despite injuries all across their offensive line. Uh, they have a young quarterback in Dak Prescott. They're going to bring back Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup uh, turned into an 1,100-yard receiver despite missing time. Uh, I, I really think with the upgrade from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy, keeping Kellen Moore on as the offensive coordinator, I think this has a chance to be one of the best offenses in the league. And if they can repeat that success on offense, I see that there's no reason why they can't win 9, 10, 11 games next season. Yeah, and, and I'll just chime in here, and uh, I'll I'll say the Redskins. No, I'm only teasing. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just joking. I, I'm going to actually stay with Marcus. Um, you know, and I, look, I I understand there's some question, and and Marcus just kind of went over uh, all of it with some of the guys that they have out there, and, and starts with the quarterback, right? I mean, if they do something weird and 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 they tr- you know put a franchise tag. On, on Dak Prescott and then trade him and bring in Tom Brady or bring in Philip Rivers, maybe I'll think differently. But I do think bringing in McCarthy and bringing in his staff and having the good talent base, the good offensive line, and this is provided that everybody for the most part is reasonably healthy. But if you have Prescott and if you have Ezekiel Elliott and if you have Amari Cooper and who knows what they're going to do with tight end uh, because Jace Winton's, you know, 390 years old and maybe he wants to go to Thursday night football. I don't know. And go to New York. Pieces, Please go to New York. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and, you, you know, you have the pieces on defense, right? We know up front they're pretty good still. Uh, there's certainly some question, as there are with all of these teams on the back end. I just think Dallas is going to be, I don't want to say motivated to show Jason Garrett wrong, but I think motivated to say, you know what? We, you know, we kicked the bucket last year. It was, we've got a good guy fired, right? He may not have been a great coach. We got a good guy fired. And now is our chance at redemption. And you saw what Matt LaFleur did with that Green Bay Packer team. You see uh, these turnarounds quickly in the NFL. And again, I always like a team that has a lot of talent that then brings in a new coach because they underachieved to be that team to take the next logical step up. So I'm going to go, 
with the Dallas Cowboys. No, that's a good point too, because even the Eagles themselves, I mean, you look at Chip Kelly kind of took over a, yeah. a, a win now roster and got 10 and six, two years straight and Doug Peterson, almost the same thing. I mean, the Eagles weren't that far off. They had a lot of bad contracts that Chip Kelly gave out, but Doug Peterson took over for a similar situation. So I, I Chris, I think that logic is sound for sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out, right? I mean, I go all the way back to 2010, you know, when Mike Shanahan took over the Redskins two-time Super Bowl champ, you know, they were a six-win team in year one because they made a couple of disastrous deals and things kind of backfired with Donovan McNabb and, and so on and so forth. So sometimes it doesn't always work out. But again, I would also say the difference between the rosters is what I what I'm I guess I'm pointing to because I'm more of an you know a Jimmy and Joe versus an X and O type of guy, but I realize the X's and O's and just kind of the culture change or the motivational type things can spin some things around. All right, guys, let's get to this as we continue along on this you know Friday edition of the Ultimate NFC East crossover, um, and we kind of spin you a big picture around the NFC East. What concerns? Uh, you guys the most about the different opponents in the division. Why don't we start with uh, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, uh, and then we'll go to Marcus, and then we'll finish up with Patricia. So about the opponents in the division or with the schedule next year? Yeah, about the opponents in the division. Like, like what what would you say is, you know, something that, that jumps out at you and you say, um, you know, good or bad, I guess. I mean, good right. – from you know, good from a it, it would hurt your team, the Eagles. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. You know, maybe bad a, a weakness, if you will, that that the team has that's bad for them. Yeah, look, the Eagles need secondary help. Everybody knows that they've needed secondary help since probably Asante Samuel left in 2010. So it's been a decade of this. So I don't plan on that like I, I i hope that they can bring in young guys in the draft and maybe free agency to fix this position but i'm going to assume they don't and that will still scare me against a lot of these teams because the giants have a lot of athleticism at wide receiver golden tate darius slayton sterling shepherd the redskins terry mclaurin just destroyed this defense twice last year you'll get the dallas cowboys too with amari cooper in um, you know, Randall Cobb's a free agent, but Michael Gallup as well. Like all three teams have a lot of explosiveness at wide receiver. And that concerns me because if the Eagles cannot fix the cornerback position, regardless of how bad these teams are, and regardless of, you know, you look at how bad Dwayne Haskins was to start, he can go into Philadelphia and say, I'm just going to give Terry McLaurin a chance. And odds are, as long as the quarterback is willing to push this secondary, they're going to score points. So that's something that I'm still concerned with that. If the Eagles can't get it right at that position, cornerback specifically, that the division matchups are still going to be as close as they were last year. Marcus, what what concerns you the most about? Uh, I guess the Cowboys, and uh, as as we kind of look forward, you know, on 2020. Yeah, I think one of the things that's a little discouraging is how good everybody's defensive line seems to be lately with, you know, inside the division. Uh, Washington, we think they are probably going to draft Chase Young, uh, and they might just have the deepest pass rush in the entire league. Obviously, Philadelphia has, you know, outstanding rushers, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. And then the Giants, uh, you know, they've invested a lot of resources into their interior defensive line. We'll see what they do on the edges. But uh, for you know the last five or six years, the Cowboys' biggest strength was their offensive line against everybody else in the division. Well, with their offensive line getting older and starting to break down a little bit more over the last couple of years, 
uh, it's a little concerning with how with just how good the rest of the division is across the defensive line. And Patricia? I'm going to go with the Giants' pass rush, and I'm going to include the back end because obviously the front end and the back end have to work together. The Giants have been hoping for Lorenzo Carter to step up. You know, last year in his second year, didn't really have the impact they were hoping for. They added O'Shane Zimenez. Now, he showed some progress, definitely. Uh, they have to make a decision on Marcus Golden. Are they going to bring him back, or are they going to maybe look to get a, a guy like Isaiah Simmons in the draft? Or maybe they're going to sign somebody. We don't know. So I think between the guys on the edges and then you have the back end of that defense, you know, can those young cornerbacks hold their coverage to allow the front guys to do what they need to do. And I, and the pass rush was a problem for the Giants last year, and I, I'm just very, very interested to see how that shapes up moving forward. Yeah, and I'll just add, you know, for the Washington Redskins, I, I'm, you know, most intrigued, concerned, uh, alarmed, you know, by what this new coaching staff already thinks um, – of Dwayne Haskins before they even take to the practice field. Uh, there are certainly some strong indications and some rumblings um, that this new coaching staff knows that there are some maturity issues, as we discussed earlier this week, that this coaching staff already knows that he did not work very hard, that that's the book on him. And I know in talking to people inside the building and outside the building, you know, there are plenty of people, remember, that are still here, even though some of them got blown out, i.e. Jay Gruden and others, that did not want Dwayne Haskins here. And some of those people are in positions of power. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say it like that. Um, and and I, I really wonder, are we going to have a situation here where the Redskins are going to sign a veteran quarterback in free agency because they don't know enough about Alex Smith and his leg to be able to count on him, yet they're stuck paying him $21 million under the cap, or do they draft another kid higher than we thought because, well, you know, the new coaching staff and they're not beholden to Dwayne. I think it's going to be a fascinating watch uh, inside and outside before the season. And, of course, if we even make it to the season, um, you know, on what they do ultimately with Dwayne Haskins. All right, guys, let's take a quick time out here and we'll come back and we'll finish up more on this uh, ultimate NFC East crossover as we kind of look big picture at the NFC East right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Good to have you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we wrap up this special edition of the Ultimate NFC East Crossover. I'm Chris Russell from Locked On Redskins. Once again, rejoined by Patricia Trana of Locked On Giants, Marcus Mosher, Locked On Cowboys, and Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. All right, guys, we take it home uh, like this. We talked about some of our concerns and fears. Give me one thing, one big picture thing that we love about the respective teams that we cover. We'll start ladies first. Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants. 
Wow. I, I'm going to say I like the offense. I like the skill position players, Saquon Barkley. I think they're finally going to get him out in space. They're going to finally take better advantage of his skill set. And I think they're going to try and maybe even build that offense around him. And uh, I'm very anxious to see what they do with him. I like, you know, Darius Slayton. He came on strong. They need to still add a little bit more speed at that receiver position. But, you know, I think the, the uh, trio of Slayton and uh, Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, I like that. If Evan Ingram can stay healthy, I think Daniel Jones is going to have some really, really good weapons to work with. And uh, I even think that the offensive line, you know, even though it still needs a couple of pieces left, um, the offensive line is going to be better than what we saw last year with the new coaching. Let's go to uh, Marcus Mosher, Locked On Cowboys, and Marcus, get what what you love about your uh, about the team that you cover, the Dallas Cowboys, of course. Yeah, I'm excited for the Cowboys to go into the 21st century in terms of analytics. Uh, now with Mike McCarthy, I know McCarthy doesn't scream uh, as an analytic guru, but uh, he spent the the last year uh, learning about some numbers and data uh, and being more aggressive on fourth down. Uh, that's going to be a pretty Drastic change from Jason Garrett, who has been widely viewed as one of the league's most conservative head coaches. Uh, I'm excited to see what this new look Cowboys offense is like uh, and to see what an aggressive uh, head coach looks like here in Dallas. And Louie, why don't we finish up with you on that? As for the Eagles, I mean, this is a team that obviously I'm very happy with the head coach, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz. I think when you have the head coach and quarterback position down pat for the future, you're that's how you sustain success. But what I really like, too, is the opportunity they have now. You know, you don't have the entire Super Bowl core left, but you have enough of it where when things got tough the past couple of years, that core could still carry you into the playoffs regardless of circumstance. And now you can find kind of find that balance with that and also some youth because you have likely seven draft picks in the first four rounds. And you had a lot of young guys last year help carry that team into the postseason like Miles Sanders and Greg Ward and on the defensive side of the football, guys like Josh Sweat on the edge and Avante Maddox and uh, you know even TJ Edwards, who they got undrafted last year. I just think there's a better balance now heading into 2020 where they're not going to be the second oldest roster in the league like they were last year behind the Patriots. And you have Carson Wentz that really took over and embraced that role of really carrying the offense and I feel like the team embraced him moving forward now there's not that whole Foles Wentz beef and I think you'll stop seeing the anonymous sources talking behind his back as well so mm-hmm. I just think it's it's good to have that it's not a necessarily a rebuild but that retooling because now there's going to be a much needed balance of youth and that experience that's gotten you on these deep runs the past few years so I think things are uh it's it's a big off season, but I'm very optimistic yeah, and, and for me on the Redskins, you know, one thing that, that I love about them, and guys, we've talked about this really throughout the week, is that Redskins front seven, especially if you add Chase Young and you keep Ryan Kerrigan, and, you know, those are big questions right now. But that Redskins front seven has the opportunity to wreak a lot of havoc. Now, we, we, we've seen teams with a lot of hype and all that. I, don't, I, I think the Redskins have a lot of talent, especially, again, if you add Chase Young. I don't think they'll get so much hype that it'll be off the chains ridiculous, that they will, you know, they might underachieve based on expectations, but nobody will think that they're like the 2000 Ravens or anything like that, you know, but they have a chance to be a top 10 defense. They have a chance if they can stay healthy and put everything together and get home and not miss tackles and not get, you know, out of gaps and, 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 and 
not have terrible communication, some of the things that the new coaching staff is worth, they have a chance to be a top 10-ish defense. And that will be a huge thing. They've got to get better on third down. They've got to get better at stopping the run, and they've got to get better at communication. All things that I know Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera are working on currently as we speak. So to me, I'm excited about that front seven uh, for the Redskins because I think it'll make up for some of their questions and their holes uh, in the secondary and as well, quite honestly, some of the up-and-down inconsistencies of their offense. Guys, why don't we uh, finish it uh, up? You know, this way, so, you know, because, of course, we're, we're, we're running out of, uh, out of time uh, here as we kind of wrap up this Ultimate Division crossover. Um, when I'm curious as to who you guys look at as – maybe this isn't a fair question because the Giants and Redskins have kind of been down. Um, but, but, Louis, I assume you look at the Cowboys as being the Eagles' top rival, and, and Marcus, you kind of look – at the Eagles, but but is is that fair considering that the Redskins and the Cowboys are kind of a more traditional rivalry? How do you guys all look at that? I do think the Eagles-Cowboys one is the most famous, I think, across the country, but I'll say personally, look, I I pulled a vendetta against the Washington Redskins growing up as much as I did <laughs> the, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I'm a younger Eagles guy, so... I grew up during the Deshaun. I know I'm really aging myself here only at 22 years old, but when I was really getting into football, Deshaun Jackson was the thing on the Eagles offense. And when he went to Washington and just started destroying the likes of Bradley Fletcher and uh, who else was on that? Uh, Kerry Williams and Byron Maxwell for four years. Washington, you know, Kirk Cousins used to have their number in RG3. So I think the Eagles-Dallas rivalry is the most famous one. But I'll say personally, I think the the Washington rivalry as well is equally as as big. Marcus, what do you think? It's so tough. Uh, I would just say they're they're all about the same for the Cowboys. There's always a a massive target on the Cowboys' back. So it's hard to say one of these teams is worse than the other or a bigger rival than the other. But uh, let's just say I hate all three of you guys equally. <laughs> well, we love that's you. A, that's Thank a good you, one. I appreciate exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no no offense to you. You're just uh, part of those stinking cowboys. All right, Patricia, what do you think? You know, this is an interesting question for me. I, I would say probably the Eagles because – Dagnamit, we cannot figure out how to beat the Eagles here in the Giants uh, corner (laughs) of the world. But with that said, having um, I have a book coming out on Giants history later in the spring and having done the research uh, for the book, one of the greatest rivalries of the Giants history is with Washington. They played some really, really tough games against each other, probably because, you know, they're they're one of the oldest or two of the oldest franchises in the NFL. So I would say modern day Eagles for sure but i think overall you got to put washington right up there yeah see i'm you know around here it's dallas week right dallas week but there is no philadelphia week or giants week and i often say redskins fans don't really you know have any feelings one way or the other towards the giants they don't like the owner because of the whole salary cap penalty uh, a couple of years ago but that was bruce allen's fault uh anyway so i would just say this to me there is no such thing as taking one divisional team and hating them the most and having this ridiculous rival rivalry, you know, quite honestly, there's six games, right? That you play inside the division and each one of them is equally as important as the other. So to me, I know this is a cop out. um, You know, I, I think the Redskins fans 
shouldn't like Giants fans or Cowboy fans or Eagle fans and Redskins players, vice versa. They shouldn't. They should have respect for their opponents. They shouldn't like those particular teams, but not one over the other. To me, the Dallas week has always been ridiculous around here. So that's just my own feeling. Uh, these games are obviously always important. Guys, um, before we say goodbye, I, I want to go again around the horn and let you all uh, plug and promote where people and fans of different teams can can catch all of your great work because we're wrapping up uh, a really cool week here on the Ultimate NFC East Division crossover. Why don't we start with Marcus and Lockdown Cowboys? Yeah, of course. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. You can listen to the podcast at Lockdown Cowboys. We post the link there every day. Uh, make sure you follow my co-host, Landon McCool, at McCoolBCB. we got a lot of cool shows coming up with the draft and free agency, so making sure you guys are checking in on, on that. Louie? You can hit us up on Twitter at LockdownBirds, or I'm on Twitter at DBSLOE, and my co-host Gino Camilleri is Gino underscore LOE. And the podcast is on any platform and LockdownEagles.com, and my written content is on 973ESPN.com. And Patricia? And you can find me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. You can find my written work over on GiantsCountry.com, which is an SI.com sports channel. All right, and always, you guys forced me into the last and final word here, right? The last spot. So I'm just going to keep clawing. One of these days, I'm going to be at the top of the mountain and looking down upon all of you. Uh, you can find me, Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins, uh, at Locked Redskins on Twitter, or my individual Twitter account, at WrestleMania61. You can check out written work uh, with some video at RedskinsReport.com, like Patricia, part of the SI.com. NFL Team Channel Network. Guys, this has been a blast all week long working with all of you guys uh, and really getting some good insight. And I hope our listeners uh, of all the teams enjoyed it. I, I think we're going to do this again you know, post-draft, post-free agency when we really have nothing to talk about in June and July. Uh, but this has been uh, a really cool thing uh, that we've been able to do. So I want to thank each and every individual one of you guys. Yeah, thank you guys as well. That was, it was a great time. Absolutely. Had a a blast. Absolutely. All right. So we'll send you off uh, Redskins, Giants, Cowboys, and Eagle fans into the weekend by saying thanks for being with us, as always, each and every week, especially this week on the Ultimate NFC East crossover. For my colleagues and co-hosts, Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys, Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants, and Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. I'm Chris Russell from Locked On Redskins. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us all week on the Locked On Podcast Network. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 